What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. As you might have noticed, there wasn't an episode last week. Uh, just got a lot of stuff going on right now. There's actually going to be a couple changes to the show. So I'm going to be removing the weekly weather forecast. It's a little too finicky to actually predict. And as far as that goes, there's a lot of apps out there that do a better job than what I can do. So that's no longer going to be a part of the show as well as I'm actually starting school this week. So I'm going to try to find a happy balance between work, school, and the podcast. My plan is during the school semesters to drop down from the weekly podcast to a bi-weekly podcast. Um, yeah, so that, and then I'm pulling out the weather forecast. And then actually next month, I'm expecting to get my second setup. So I'll be able to host guests at that point. So hopefully it's a fair trade and uh, it'll continue to be entertaining for you guys. But without further ado, welcome to 37 Hertz. Let's get things started off in space. So satellite ground stations that have been operated by the U.S. Army for decades will officially be handed over to the Space Force today. These new responsibilities will include wideband global SATCOM and defense satellite communication system constellations of military satellites. These satellites were originally built and launched by U.S. Air Force, but the Army has maintained and controlled the payloads. The Pentagon approved the transfer last year in an effort to consolidate space programs under the new military branch. This branch is responsible for providing satellite-based services to the DoD and its allies. The Army shifted about $78 million to the Space Force's 2022 budget, to cover the cost of operating five satellite operation centers and four regional support centers. About 500 military and civilian personnel will transition from the Army to the Space Force's Delta-8 unit based at Shriver Space Force Base in Colorado. All right, I've got a couple world stories for you this week. So Germany met its natural gas reserves goal about two weeks earlier than they expected, they now have over 75% of the total capacity fulfilled in preparation for the looming winter uh, and the demand that they're expecting. And this is obviously going on during their shaky relations with Russia, who they are dependent upon for natural gas and oil. Storage capacity in Europe's biggest economy is around 23.3 billion cubic meters and that is more than one-fifth of the German consumption of 100 billion cubic meters in 2021. The next targets for gas storage filling are to reach 85% by the beginning of October and 95% gas in storage by the start of November. China's military said it carried out more exercises near Taiwan today as five U.S. lawmakers led by Senator Ed Markey arrived in Taipei on an unannounced visit late on Sunday and met President Tsai Ing-wen. And I guess this was, again, to show solidarity with Taiwan, but I hope that more is happening during these meetings than just pissing off China. Because as far as I know, that's all that happened when Pelosi went over there. All right, and moving things on to U.S. news. So this is the story that's been dominating the headlines lately. Last week, Mar-a-Lago, the home of former President Donald Trump, was raided by the FBI in search of classified documents. 
Trump, however, was not home during the raid. Before entering the resort, FBI agents demanded Mar-a-Lago workers shut off the surveillance system. However, Trump lawyers reached out and told the employees that they did not have to comply with the request, which gave Trump the ability to watch the raid on his home unfold from afar. So this is a developing story, but I'll try to run down what we know so far. The search was related to potential violations of three laws. One of the laws concerns the concealment, removal, or mutilation of classified materials. The second concerns gathering, transmitting, or losing materials. And a third pertains to obstructing an investigation into these matters. In January, the National Archives and Records Administration retrieved 15 boxes of documents and items from Mar-a-Lago. The agency officials said Trump should have handed over to the archives when he left the White House. NARA reportedly found that what appeared to be classified information among the materials it retrieved and alerted the Justice Department. They opened a grand jury investigation into the matter and Trump received a grand jury subpoena for classified documents two months ago. He said the Trump team cooperated and turned over materials and surveillance footage that showed who had access to the area and where they were stored. Trump's attorneys arranged for a DOJ National Security Division prosecutor and three FBI agents to come to Mar-a-Lago on June 3rd and pick up the items listed in the subpoena. According to the New York Times, at least one Trump lawyer signed a written statement following the June 3rd pickup, asserting that all classified material at Mar-a-Lago had been turned over. But according to the Wall Street Journal, sometime after June 3rd, a mole in Trump's orbit told the FBI that the former president's team was still withholding information. FBI officials were able to establish probable cause, and obtain a search warrant from a federal magistrate judge and West Palm Beach to find it. The raid resulted in uncovering four sets of top-secret documents and seven other sets of classified information. The Trump's team response is that the documents were declassified before bringing them to Mar-a-Lago. However, how this is going to play out, nobody's really sure. Um... There's an affidavit that he's been trying to get unsealed, and there's just a lot of moving parts, so I just kind of wanted to touch on it, obviously, because it's the hot story right now, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. All right, and for the local segment this week, as part of an initiative to offer more learning opportunities for community members in Madison County, The Huntsville-Madison County Library now has 3D printers available. The printer is part of their Maker's Space Studio, which hosts different hands-on classes such as 3D printing, sewing, and science. The space is available to anyone with a library card. Alright, and for the crypto segment this week, we got Bitcoin coming in at $24,150. And on Tuesday of last week, one day after the U.S. Treasury sanctioned cryptocurrency mixer Tornado Cash for its alleged role in a cryptocurrency money laundering operation, intervals of 0.1 Ether transactions began materializing from the smart contract to prominent figures such as Coinbase CEO 
Brian Armstrong, and American television host Jimmy Fallon. It is not possible to trace the source of transactions per Tornado Cash's design, and as a result, either one individual or multiple individuals or entities could be involved in the operation. Due to sanctions, it is illegal for any U.S. persons and entities to interact with Tornado Cash's smart contract addresses, blockchain, or business. Penalties for willful noncompliance can range from fines of $50,000 to $10 million and 10 to 30 years in prison. The consistency of the transactions indicate that the senders may be starting a prank as to direct law enforcement attention to the recipient individuals. However, the Treasury sanctions require willful engagement with the blacklisted smart contract addresses as a precondition for a possible criminal proceeding. Thus, it is very unlikely that the recipient of these tokens from Tornado Cash on a gratuitous basis without any prior knowledge nor engagement can constitute as a violation of the sanctions. So essentially, Tornado Cash was a privacy feature, uh, coin scrambler, whatever you want to call it. Um, They said that North Korea and some other countries had laundered several billion dollars through it, and that was one of the reasons that they're shutting it down. Uh, But we all just know they don't really want us to have privacy, and that's what this coin did. Uh, What is kind of funny is that this guy uh, who invented Tornado Cash, he ended up getting arrested. Uh, And all the uh, people like Do Kwon and Three Arrows Capital, they're all out and about roaming free uh, after basically scamming people out of billions and just like ruining their lives. But... uh, This guy who just invented a cool product for privacy is now arrested. All right, and for the positive story this week. So researchers and entrepreneurs have developed an implant made of collagen proteins from pig skins. It resembles the human cornea and restored vision to 20 people. Prior to receiving the implant, most of the patients were blind due to diseased corneas. This promising result of the trial brings hope to those suffering from corneal blindness and low vision by providing a bioengineered implant as an alternative to the transplantation of donated human corneas, which are scarce in many countries. Neil Legoli, a professor at the Department of Biomedical and Clinical Services at LIU, said the results show that it is possible to develop a biomaterial that meets all of the criteria for being used as a human implant, which can be mass-produced and stored for two years and thereby even reach more people with vision problems. Um, And that's just an awesome story. They restored 20 people's vision. It's freaking... uh, able to be mass-produced and stored for two years. So that is an absolute win if you talk about a positive story. There you go. Uh, Fun facts for you guys. So cats actually have fewer toes on their back paws. Like most four-legged animals, cats have five toes on the front, but their back paws only have four toes. Speaking of cats, Sarah and I just got a new little kitten. He wandered up on our back porch. He's like pitch black. Uh, and we named him Void. Um, but anyway, second fun fact. The current American flag was designed by a high school student. It started as a high school project for Bob Heff's 
junior year history class in 1958, and it only earned a B-. His design had 50 stars, even though Alaska and Hawaii weren't states yet. Have figured the two would earn statehood soon and showed the government his design. After President Dwight D. Eisenhower called to say the design was approved, Hef's teacher changed his grade to an A. And for the third fun fact, the inventor of the microwave appliance only received $2 for his discovery. Percy Spencer was working as a researcher for American Appliance Company, which is now Raytheon, when he noticed that a radar set using electromagnetic waves melted the candy bar in his pocket. He had the idea to make a metal box using microwaves to heat food, but the company was the only one to file the patent. That was in 1945, and he received a $2 bonus, but never any royalties. Sons of bitches. And the comedy segment this week. What do you get when you mix a dinosaur and a pig? Jurassic pork. (laughs) Thanks to Sarah for that one. (laughs) A premature ejaculator went to a party. He didn't know what to wear, so he just came in his pants. <laughs> and why didn't the crab cross the road? Uh, he didn't because he used the sidewalk. And the inspirational quote of the week. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And that's by Bernard M. Barrack. Spotify song of the week is Space Funk 75 by The Sponges. Alright everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show and I'll see you next time.